welcome once again to another episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. So glad you're with us because today, this is the debut of the 12 questions version of the podcast. Uh, Many of you have heard of the 12 questions over the years. Um, This time, they're going to be not only the written interview that you can still read online, which will be on jeffgluck.com this year, but it will be accompanied by an audio version of the interview, and you are listening to it right now. The first one is with Kyle Bush. I was really happy when um, Kyle Bush and his PR man, Bill Janitz, accepted my offer to make Kyle the first one of the year. You know, I've, I've been kind of a little bit nervous in some ways about whether drivers and their PR reps will still give me as many interviews and things like that. Um, now that I'm on my own with jeffgluck.com versus USA Today. So I was very happy when Kyle and, and Bill Janet said yes. And I think that you'll enjoy this 12 questions. I had a lot of fun doing it. I did start the interview with a bit of a mic drop. What happened was the cord of my mic fell out. And so you will hear that at the start. I'm going to leave that in because I think it's kind of funny. And um, Kyle certainly had some fun with it. And then we roll right into the 12 questions. So let's get started and listen to how that all went down. Okay, so we're here for... Oh, dude, you're fired. Man, I wish I had that on Snapchat. <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently, you had to duct tape that bad boy in there. Uh. Okay, I think we're here for our first 12 questions of the year with Kyle Bush. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Are you ready for the 12 questions? I am ready for the 12 questions. I hope your mic stays ready for the 12 questions. You've already dropped the cord. You didn't do a mic drop. You did a cord drop. That's a new, that's a new thing I'm starting. Okay. Uh, the first, the first question is how much of your success is based on natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, if there's a percentage on it, I would have to say that you know, nat- you have to have some sort of natural ability to be able to apply all the work and everything that you do to the racetrack. So um, there's drivers out there that I've tried to help along the way during the past few seasons, uh, whether it's been late models or truck or whatever it might have been, that um, I give them all the work and everything possible that I know what to do, but yet they can't quite equate it to the racetrack. So there has to be a talent there. So what, what is the real number there? I mean, really... I- I think you have to have 100% talent, but you also have to work at it 100%, you know, in order to be able to um, be successful. You can't just be a, a 50% talent and a 50% work ethic because that that's half of both, right? So it's 100 and 100. Okay, that makes sense. Um, question number two, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, and Carl Edwards have all retired in the last couple of years. What's your pitch for some of their fans to become fans of yours? <laughs> uh, I got candy. I got, I got candy, M&M's, Snickers, Skittles, Starburst, uh, Milky Way, Twix. I got everything, you know. So, uh, and I got their dogs covered too. So we got we got some pet food in there as well. So the Mars brands are great for helping me recruit fran- fans. That's for sure. Um, but also, you know, I think uh, people change over time. I think I have a little bit, you know, and, and have gotten a little bit more fan friendly, let's say. And we've had some neat experiences over the years with some of our fans. Many might remember the, the video from leaving Martinsville or the autographs that I put on somebody's motor home with, with all the Kyle Busch stuff and, and Watkins Glen. So uh, it's been fun to be able to, to meet those people, see those people, the true dedicated Kyle Busch fans. And, and it's growing, you know. And, um, you know, the, the legion of fans, what we don't want to see is – 
the Jeff Gordon fans and the Tony Stewart fans and the Carl Edward fans just leave because they don't feel like they have anything to follow or any presence in NASCAR anymore. They do. When I, I remember when I was a kid growing up through the rank through the years, um, Jeff Gordon was my first guy. But I also liked Dale Earnhardt. I liked Dale Jarrett. I liked Rusty Wallace. I liked Mark Martin. Like I liked all these guys. Um, I, one of them was just my favorite. And then obviously when when Jeff retired, it was already, I was a race car driver, so I didn't have to pick a new one, but I, I can see where some people might get stuck on that. So I'm, I'm hoping that you can pick me. Okay. Um, what is the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Um, I would say, well, which job? I, I mean, your job as a, a race car driver in general, I guess. Okay. So my hardest job away from the racetrack, I guess, would just be travel. I think um, traveling every single week, going to the events and stuff like that, back and forth, I think that's challenging. Our schedule's pretty demanding. It's We start it now, and it's 38 weeks straight. You know, it's Even though there's two off weeks in there, you're still going to be doing something, you know, and, and, and it revolves all around this sport and what this sport does. But then in the off season, uh, I'm an owner. Of course, I'm a dad 24-7 all the time anyways, you know, so there's I wear a lot of different hats, and what hat I'm wearing in particular moments, it's hard for me to remember, um, but I try to make sure I position myself well in each of those situations the best I can. Okay, so a fan spots you, and you're eating dinner out in a nice restaurant. Should they approach you for an autograph, or should they just let you be? Um, I think that they should let you be, but they can approach you. I think there is a right way. There is a tactful way in approaching somebody that's out to dinner, especially with their wife or their family or whatever it might be, right? Um, and, and in my opinion, that way is when you see, if you're finished with your food and that guy just sits down, like go do it quick before that person starts eating. But once that person, me for instance, is picking up a hamburger and stuffing his face full of grease, don't come over and ask for a picture or an autograph. You know what I mean? Like wait until, um, the, the person completes their meal, they get up to leave if you can have that patience in order to wait around for a few. Okay, so it's not so much coming over, it's coming over while you're like in the middle of eating, you're, you're in the middle of a bite. Does that actually happen to you? People come over in the middle of a bite? Oh yeah, no doubt, all the time. So the biggest thing that, that's, that's disappointing is that people want to be on their time. When they're wanting something, you can't be on your time and expect it right now. You have to be on that other person's time, right? So if I'm going to go get Peyton Manning's autograph at dinner because I see him out with his family and stuff like that, I'm going to sit there patiently and I'm going to wait until he's done and he's on his way out of the restaurant and I'm going to follow him out and I'm going to get my picture taken with him or an autograph or whatever the heck I want, right? I'm not going to go bug the guy while he's sitting down eating and trying to enjoy uh, an evening. Okay, that makes sense. What's a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? A story? That's a good one. I don't know, man. I, I really don't have anything. I mean... You guys are all about trying to get the news and trying to break it when drivers are moving around or like the retirement thing with Carl and, you know, you're all about doing stories on the manufacturers and their dedication and their and their spot in the sport and then the drivers and the crew chiefs, you know, and I think those guys are the limelight. And I think what may be missed is just the stories of the people that are within our sport, which some of that's kind of been coming out. That one kid, for instance... Um, the crew member from the Xfinity series that I that met me oh, right. from the Kyle Busch Foundation that is now a pit crew member on the Xfinity side and trying to make his way to the Cup side like that got hit last year so I felt like that was a that was a really good story that was cool and um, man I I even read into it you know and and looked up on it and stuff so I think those things are pretty cool because this 
it's sport is very demanding. It's not just demanding for media or for drivers or for Bill or for Joe Gibbs. I think it's actually really big for Joe. Um, but it's also big for team members. You know, they, they work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're off Thursday, but they're flying Thursday, sometimes at 3 in the afternoon to go to a venue. And then they work from 8 a.m. until midnight, sometimes 2, 3, 4 a.m. on Sundays, getting home on that Monday morning, you know, after a race is over, of a, especially a West Coast thing, you got to come back, you know, so time change kills us. Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? For sure. I, I think we're in, in a entertainment business. You know, we are a traveling circus. I mean, some of us kind of look at it like that, you know. I mean, we do we do shed value to the facilities, obviously, to uh, the fans. That's what they pay for. They pay for the entertainment of the race. They want it to be good. They want it to be exciting. Some of them want to see crashes. Some of them want to see cars upside down. Some of them want to see just the, the inevitable, you know, things they've never seen before. But this day and age, I mean, man, we're, we're into now almost 70 years of, of NASCAR racing. I mean, there, there's a, there's not very many first seen things that are going to come anymore. So um, it's hard to come up with that, that perfect storyline every week. This is a question I stole from Landon Castle last year. What is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? Uh, you've got to do something really bad to get my middle finger. Are you really? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't do, I don't do middle fingers a whole. You pretty much know a middle finger's coming when you get it from me. Like it's that bad. Sometimes I think more so than not, I do it in the truck and Xfinity level as a learning tool for the other drivers, <laughs> for the younger ones. You know, like I remember, like uh, it was, it was Ty Dillon at Michigan. Like I couldn't pass the kid for ten laps. He was just in my way. So finally I got by him and when I got by him, I gave him one full straight lap of the bird out the window. And ever since then, like it's been pretty good. Like there was one other time I had to get on him again about it. And, but other than that, it, you know, it's pretty much a, a learning tool for those younger drivers. I don't really use it in the cup series because either A, it's never really worth it or B, you have to do something really stupid. Landon Castle actually got the middle finger in practice one time from me at Atlanta. I was on a qualifying run and I'm going down the backstretch and he just decided in James Finch's 51 to pull right up on the racetrack right in front of me through three and four and blend in while I'm on a flyer. And literally coming off of turn four, I should have just wrecked him, but I didn't. But when I got by him, I literally, I gave him the bird for however long I gave him the bird. That's great. I love that. So some drivers keep a payback list in their minds for something bad that happens, but do you also have a list? For drivers who have done you a favor on the track and you're like oh i got i gotta repay that guy at some point yeah yeah i do um i have the i have the that guy needs paid back folder and i have the hey that guy's been pretty good to me folder so sometimes i'm like yeah that guy's been pretty good to me man i should cut him a break no i'm not gonna cut him a break right now like i'll, I'll save it for later like i'll give him another time you know so um you, you still like there's this rolodex that just kind of keeps going in your mind of folders about um drivers that have either done you well or done you wrong Okay. Uh, who is the most famous person that you've had dinner with? Most famous person I've had dinner with? I guess I would say it was um, President Bush, the second one. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had, pres uh, we had dinner with him at uh, the Greenbrier a few years ago. He actually came to one of our JGR sponsor summits. So that was, that was pretty cool. He was there. Um, I've had plenty of dinners with, with Mars family members. Obviously, they're not necessarily famous, but they're you know they are famous they're they're very wealthy family um samantha bush 
uh, shop Murph boutique owner. Yeah, for sure. I've had I've had plenty of dinners with her. So, you know, that's on the that's on the list too. Okay. What is something about yourself you'd like to improve? I'm perfect, dude. <laughs> Man, that's 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 a hard one to answer. I don't know. Um, what can I improve? I'd say. Obviously, everybody wishes they had more time, right? I mean, just not having enough time with Brexton, not having enough time for the race team. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to balance that right now. I'm struggling in that regard. But, you know, I, I certainly know that I need to improve my skills in being able to be a little bit better of a, of a leader, of a CEO-type person at KBM, but also to be able to, to change hats and be a dad and, and to share that time with him as well, too. So the question from the last guy was Landon. And because I stole his question, I made him give a new one for you. And his question for you is, um, if Brexton does want to be a race car driver, what are some things that you can do to make him a better driver than you are now? Um, I think the things will be where racing has come to today. I think watching film, I think, um, you know, doing notes and paying attention, working on the cars. I mean, I worked on cars when I was a kid. That's why I know them so well. That's why I know what I think I'm feeling that's wrong with them. And I can communicate that to the crew chief instead of just saying it's tight here, it's loose here, whatever. Like that's easy. But why is it tight? Why is it loose? It's because it's over on the right front or because it wants to unhook the back because the track bar is too high, stuff like that, whatever. Um, so being able to teach him all those things, communicate with him about all that stuff. Um, the, the unfortunate thing that, that I feel like I'm at a disadvantage with him is when he's five years old, I'm still going to be racing. So when he starts racing, the, the best tool I have for him right now is Tom Bush, who's already made two race car drivers and, um, and him being able to go to the racetrack and, and be there with Brexton and help Brexton and go through all those sorts of things. But once Brexton gets to about probably 13, 14, 15, that's when I'll be able to get with him and, and race against him and follow him around and we'll have somebody filming it and we'll watch it and all that. And, and I'll really be able to help him out on all those things. That's pretty cool. Um, the last thing is the next interview is going to be with Martin Truex Jr. Do you have a question I can ask Martin? Let's see. Question to ask Martin. Um, how does it really feel to get all the good stuff from Joe Gibbs Racing? Oh, man. Oh, it's going to be good. Well, thank you for um, doing the first 12 questions. Are, do you think they're good to go? Are they going to pass tech for the rest of the year, the other drivers? I think it'll be all right. So, yeah, that's a lot of fun. And uh, we have Martin Truex Jr. coming up next week. Uh, before we conclude, I want to give some podcast shout outs. These are some people who are $10 or more patrons of jeffgluck.com. And I really appreciate them doing that. Start with uh, Jake Harris, uh, Tom Jensen, Scott and Terry Wilfong, Lynn Winner, and Christy Siner. Um, thank you all for being patrons of jeffgluck.com and helping me get to Daytona. And we'll be back with you soon on another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.